0: Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Caleb and Luke are back and we're going to talk about some Percy Jackson and the Olympians on Disney+. Plus. So without further ado, let's say hello to the boys. Happy New Year to both of you. Hi, Caleb.
1: Happy New Year to you as well. How are you?
0: Super duper. Uh, hi, hi, Luke. Hi. It, you know, a little fun fact about the Colby cast is that we actually don't talk to each other off of the mic. So, like, Happy New Year. I haven't seen you guys since 2023. It's been so long. So, uh, how have you been? What have you been doing? I haven't seen you in it forever. I oh. haven't
2: showered since last year.
1: Aha, aha, aha.
2: It's uh-huh. January 8th. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is January 8th. Um, well, seriously, though, no, we do talk, we do see each other around the house, um, Some sometimes more than others. But uh, uh, before we go on, I want to uh, shout out a real quick thank you, a very big thank you, as a matter of fact, for t- to Tom Gross, because he uh, and I had an incredibly fun and, and, and wonderful conversation going over uh, TV, movies, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, for the year 2023. Thank you again, Tom, for joining us. And thank you also for unexpectedly giving us you know, a little bit of a break of a scheduled weekly podcast recording uh, because we had such a great conversation. I was able to break that up into two parts. So if you haven't listened to those, they're out there and they're ready for your ears. So go check those out. It's a great conversation. And like I said, what that did was um, it sort of coincided with a break in in hockey coaching around the holidays so luke caleb myself we all had a nice little breather how did the break treat you guys what have you been up to like what have you what have you been doing that's interesting
1: well i just want to personally thank tom because without him we would be in a our our own strike because it's stipulated in my colby cast contract that i get the last couple weeks of the year off Um, and it's intentionally vague so that I can say any couple of weeks is any couple of numbers.
0: First of all, I had no idea you had a contract, so I'd like (laughs) to know how you got that and maybe I could check it out. Uh, secondly, what about you, Luke? What have you been up to?
2: Um, some stuff here and there, I signed an NDA, so I'll keep it pretty vague. Um, went to San Diego for a little while. That was cool. Um, slept in a little while. Also cool. That was great. um, Yeah.
0: Speaking of contracts, it made me think of something. Uh, We're going to peel the curtain back a little bit further for all you guys. Uh, Before we started recording tonight, like I've been ready for like two hours. I've been like sending invites, getting these two, trying to wrangle them up in front of their microphones talking. And I walked into the living room and said, "Okay, the invites are sent, ready to go. And Luke looked at me and said, I'm watching overtime hockey. (laughs) and then i just walked away i slinked back into my office and said i guess i'm gonna wait so is that stipulated in your contract luke that you don't record if there's overtime hockey
2: going on um no but i appreciate you uh giving me a little extra five minutes on my lunch break i try to be fair
1: yeah luke doesn't get health
2: insurance so
0: no not from the colby cast no definitely not we're gonna say caleb
1: Luke doesn't sign anything because he doesn't want the government to have his information.
0: I also don't know how to read. Luke doesn't sign anything because he doesn't have a signature. Even though he practiced it all through middle school.
1: I hate my license for many a reasons. One of them is because my signature is awful. I was one of the kids who was like waiting. Obviously, you know this as my father um, to get his license. And when I passed the test, they were like, "Okay, just sign your, uh, your signature here." They didn't tell me it was gonna be on the actual like license, <laughs> so it looks like a four-year-old wrote it. So when I have to like sign legal like government documents, it has to match that, or else like it can be an actual issue. <laughs> and it's so depressing every single time I see it.
0: So just go get another license.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna quote unquote lose it. No, I actually You're have to such a, a
2: nerd. What? I never sign with the same signature twice, just because I want somebody to call me out on it. Nobody's done it. <laughs> so
0: we'll, we'll so see the
1: game you play by yourself.
0: We'll see that how that turns out. Hopefully, that doesn't come back to affect
2: <laughs> you in, in life. Sometimes I don't even put the same name. That's not true. That's <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely not true.
1: <laughs> You're like Creed Breton. You just keep transferring all your. Uh... Information to the other pseudonym.
2: I'll keep Creed Bratton. Luke Mead died in 2007. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you both are insane. We're not putting those things into the universe. No, take it back. <laughs> there, see, I took that back. He didn't
2: actually say that. Well, I that watched the really cool. movie. Oh, what did you watch? I watched Burnt with Bradley Cooper. And... Um, couple other um, with uh, Zemo um, I don't know that actor's name uh, Oh from from
0: uh, The Winter Soldier uh, Baron Zemo
2: Yes and then there was another guy who was a villain in something I can't remember um, I don't remember what he was but it's called Burnt and it's a very good movie it's about a chef who is trying to get his third Michelin star um, and that's Bradley Cooper and his life fell apart but he went back to London because he got hired to be a chef um, for the restaurant that he used to work at and he's like getting his life back together and reconciling with all of his old friends very good movie highly recommend watching it
0: I googled it in the Google machine as you were telling us about it and yeah there's Bradley Cooper Daniel Bruhl is uh, Zemo um and Uma Thurman is in it. There's a lot of people in this. Emma Thompson. Um, I but Uma
2: Thurman was in it.
0: I don't remember. I just remembered a David Letterman bit. You guys are not going to understand this, but the older people that listen to the Colby Cast will. And he was sitting in his, on his show when he had his late night talk show, and all I ha- all I re- remember him is him saying Uma, Oprah, Uma, Oprah. It just it went on and on because that's what David Letterman did. It's probably why I like him because he's a little bit quirky. anyway, Uma <laughs> Thurman made me think of that. Um, but I don't see who you're talking about who is a a villain in something. I'm not sure who that would be. But yeah, so it's a good. It says it's a comedy thriller. What a combo.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's a comedy. I think there are a couple of funny parts, but I think it's much more of a serious drama. Um, he's recovering drug addict depressed you know his life fell apart and he's putting it back together piece by piece it was also sort of a a romantic movie but i remember the the villain i was talking about the brother or the the guy in john wick 2 who hires or will forces john wick to kill his sister yeah Um, he's in it as well and uh, they all play chefs and they work in a kitchen and they're um They make it, like, I don't know what's up, I don't know how people do it, but they're doing a really good job of making kitchens seem cool. I didn't know they could be cool, but they are now.
0: Kitchens are cool, haven't you seen Chef? That's like one of the coolest movies ever.
2: That's why, I didn't expect
0: it.
1: If you liked that movie, I've heard about it, I've never seen it. If you like it, watch The Bear. It is so good.
2: I've heard a lot of good things about The Bear. Shows are such a there's such a commitment to watch though.
1: It it's two seasons at the moment. I think it got renewed for a third, but it's in like the early 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 stages of it, but it's it draws you in. It doesn't feel like a commitment. At least it didn't for me. It's not light. It has some very heavy moments, but it's just I don't know. I think some of the I don't know if the main actor did or just the supporting actors, but they won Golden Globes. Yesterday or the day before, or whenever that was, that doesn't mean anything to me. But for them to win awards for it, I think it's pretty cool.
0: I only know two things about the Bear, and one of those things is that every where that I heard and or read, like year and review recaps for TV shows, it topped like everybody's lists. So yes, chef. everybody, <laughs> thank you. Everybody speaks very very highly of that show, and then. Yeah. The second thing I know about it is a, a recent uh, headline I saw uh, on my phone or on Twitter or something. Um, recently, it came uh, to be public knowledge that all the actors were the ones chopping the food in oh. the show. So they didn't use like hand doubles or professionals to chop the food.
1: That is or, so or impressive.
0: Cut the food. I'm sure that's only not just cut chopping but cutting so yeah it was the actual actors and they probably went through some training and stuff to make sure it looked good so
1: you know so many people give so much props to guys like ryan gosling who like learned to play the piano for their roles nobody gives any love for things like you just mentioned i feel like it's so impressive to be able to cut that and have it look like a actual like chef quality and it be yourself you know
0: one of my celebrity favorites mr john favreau literally literally learned how to become a chef after he filmed chef because he enjoyed the experience so much. He has another show called the chef show on Netflix, which is magnificent where he and Roy Choi just go around and cook food and talk. And it's great. And I love that show. Um, well, thanks for bringing up burnt anything else that you watch that, that, you, that you thought was cool like that. Ponyo love, Ponyo. You, love you love Ponyo
2: love me some Ponyo. And on New Year's Eve, ringing in the new year, I watched cars. And let me tell you, it's been a while since I've watched cars. It's not going to be a while until I watch it again. I forgot how good that movie is. Amazing. that movie is incredible.
1: It is incredible.
2: I love cars. It's such I a good parts.
1: story, and for it to not be, like, a modern age animation is so impressive.
0: Um, well, it is modern in my in my view, not modern so, in your view. It's a generational saying, thing right there.
1: Yeah, I'm saying modern as in, like, today. I feel like with Marvel and all that, it's just so normal to everybody who watches anything nowadays. When, but, like, it came out when Luke and I were kids, and that it just seems like it stands up to the quality today.
0: It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's a great story. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. You, you were going to say anything else? No. I was oh. going to
1: talk about what <laughs> else I've been watching, but I don't want to step on Luke's toes. He gets angry. I wanted
0: to make one comment on um, on your Ponyo, Luke, because that is a... Uh, I'm so sorry if I butcher his name, but it's a Heio Miyazaki film. And... The most recent film that he just released was The Boy and the Heron. Have you heard about
2: this? It's in theaters now. I heard about it. I saw some stuff about it, but I haven't seen anything.
0: It won the best animated movie, Golden Globe. It beat Across the Spider-Verse. Wow. So, yeah. So that's pretty what significant, I think. It the Boy and the Heron. H-E-R-O-N.
1: I've never heard of it, but I'm adding it to my list.
0: So uh, I don't know if it's available streaming yet. Cause I know it came out around Christmas, if not like the week of Christmas. And this is, this apparently is his, this filmmaker's last movie. He's not, he he had retired, but mm-hmm. came out of retirement to do this movie. So this is most likely his last one. So if you, uh, if you're a fan of his, cause he also made spirited away. Um, Howl's moving castle. I know we've watched. Uh, I think we've watched both of those all under the same, roof at the same time but anyway yeah so shout out to the boy and the heron for winning the golden globe for best animated so look at that two golden globe references on the colby cast what look
1: at that new year yeah. new us
0: we're doing great uh yeah so what, what have you been watching caleb
1: i am on the opposite side i feel like movies are such a commitment because i don't like pausing them i don't like having to sit it for two and a half hours because i don't know i don't I don't think I have that set amount of time. And if I feel like I'm sitting down to watch it, it just feels wrong sometimes. It depends. I don't know. Um, I watched, (laughs) with that said, (laughs) I just watched the entirety of Futurama. And I will tell you, Matt Groening, Graining, whatever his name is, he also executive produced and created The Simpsons. He's a genius, at least to me. Because he takes all my boxes. The Simpsons is one of my favorite shows of all time. And now Futurama is a very, very, very close second to The Simpsons. And you guys know how much I love The Simpsons. Futurama is, I wouldn't even say like it's a close second. I feel like they're like, depending on the mood I'm in, because they're very different comedy sort of deals. They're neck and neck for me. I loved it. And I didn't know, I, I don't know, I grew up thinking like it was a South Park, that sort of show, Family Guy, that sort of stuff. And I was so, so, so wrong. It is so good. I love the comedy. I love that it's it's almost timeless, but it's also like The Simpsons where they have timely jokes of the, the era, but it doesn't have like, I don't to me it doesn't feel like there's one set character that that generation fixates on i feel like all of them just have their own like time in the sun and they're all just so different and they all just bash on it like it's set a thousand years in the future and it's just the most outlandish stuff sometimes and robots live normal space is an easy access everybody has a spaceship sort of deal and I don't know, like, go watch it. I, I can't do it justice because it's a show where you could watch season eight, episode whatever, and then go back and watch the, the the pilot. And it makes no difference. There's like subtle timelines that go across like storylines, stuff like that. But you don't have to watch it beginning to end to, watch, to enjoy it. And I think that's literally my favorite thing. There were like three different reboots because it would be, get canceled and picked up by whoever. I think it went Fox and then Comedy Central and then Hulu picked it up for their like final season a couple of years ago now, maybe last year. I don't remember. Um, but during one of the reboots, I think there were two seasons where they at the end of every single episode it would like, say to be con- to be continued, and I hated it. I was like, this isn't what like. I've learned Futurama to be. So I was like, okay, if you're going to watch, if you're going to do this, Brittany was watching it at the same time as I was. And I got to a point where I was like, why is it like actually like chronological now? She's like, oh, no, just wait. It'll like fix itself. It's like, oh, thank God. I was about to stop watching because it's not what I got used to. (laughs) But with that said, it was still enjoyable. And it's just so, so, so funny.
0: Uncle Matt is smiling down on you right now because he was a massive Simpsons fan and uh, I, I'm not sure he would have even seen any of Futurama, maybe the very early ones, but he was a huge Matt Groening fan as well too. He just is such a unique um, type of comedy and not for everybody, It's no. but it is very creative and somehow they've managed to do, like you said, they, they, they create jokes around current, things but they're timeless as well like you can still watch them years later and still get a kick out of it even if you don't even really understand the context of what they're trying to you know what they were getting at at the time but it's just really brilliant writing so
1: yeah the Um, first episode aired march 28th 1999 and then the last season premiered uh july 24th 2023
0: wow it's just a show that refuses to get canceled huh
1: well, it had like a 10-year hiatus or something because it wow. got canceled. I think it literally got canceled because – I don't know if it was Fox or who. I think it was Fox. They were like, yeah, we're not going to continue to produce this show because it can't stack up to The Simpsons. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Why isn't it doing the same numbers? And I guess the – think i th- I'm assuming the internet just did its thing and picked it back up, and it was like, we want more. So they gave them more. Then it got canceled again, and then it got canceled again, and they – I think Hulu picked it up and they always have the same intro. They have little adjustments here and there and they'll have like the title wipe in and it has like Futurama spelled across the screen in an arc. And Mm -hmm. when Hulu picked it up, it would say Hulu Rama and then spin a bunch and then turn it (laughs) to Futurama. But (laughs) one of my favorite things about it is like in the Simpsons, they have updated like the couch gag, right? Um, In this, they always have like a, A one line, two line thing under the title that says something stupid, but Mm -hmm. it's always so funny to me.
0: Like Bob's Burgers, neighbors getting like burnt down or whatever, and then coming back. It was a different thing.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. That is such a small amount of the episode, and a blink and you miss it type of thing as a as a viewer. But that stuff takes a lot of work (laughs) to come up with things like that. So very cool. Very cool. The other Um, thing I watched. Yeah,
1: and this is definitely the first time this has ever been mentioned on the the Colby Cast. Was fantastic, Mister Fox. Um, it was so good. I watched it. Because, Unbelievable. Because Luke, yeah, you recommended it, and I was just hanging out with Brittany. I was like, "We're not really doing anything. You want to watch a movie?" And we're like, "Sure." So we put it on, and it was awesome. I didn't really expect anything of it, even though you had like just absolutely blown it out of the proportions about how good it was. I told Brittany, I was like, yeah, Luke loved it so much that he stopped it and wanted to like, or it finished and he wanted to watch it again. And Brittany (laughs) Brittany was like, are you serious? I was like, I guess like, let's just watch it. We'll see what he's talking about. And then Britt goes, she's like, I get it.
0: So you both enjoyed it.
1: We both really enjoyed it.
2: There's like, there's a thing on x formerly known as twitter where people will start like a thread or a retweet chain of um like a quote chain of reply with four images in your camera roll that describe your aesthetic and if i could like pick an aesthetic to follow around or for my life to be like one of them would be Mr. Fox. uh, It's just, if I could bottle bottle it up and drink it, I would. It's just that kind of movie. It just, it gets the funny little chemicals in my brain to do nice things, and I love (laughs) it so much.
0: It makes the the edges of your mouth curl up towards your cheekbones and uh, a hearty guffaw come out of your throat. I love it when things scratch. It is guffaw. Is it not a word? I think it is. Let me Google it. Yep. It's a word. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, But now it, I just love it when things scratch those itches, like you're talking about uh, Futurama and then fantastic master Fox for, for Luke you're talking about. I love it when that kind of stuff's like things that are out there that just sort of, it's like when, when you ring a bell and it's like the tone goes, and it somehow just resonates with like your energy levels. Like, Oh yeah, we have become one in music and it just makes you laugh and just, you can't really explain it to other people. It just, you just love it. I love it when things like that are out there. All right. So you're fantastic. Mr. Fox and, uh, and, and the Futurama. Very nice. I watched the continental. (laughs) Both of your faces. Like, what is that?
2: (laughs) I caught the tail end of it. It looked good. Yeah, oh, you so walked in John as, as
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hmm. so it was the three episode mini uh in the world of John Wick. Uh that was basically the the story of how Winston became the manager of the Continental, and it took place in the seventies. And here is my very, very, very um sophisticated review of the Continental. It was okay. It was okay. I think there was um, a lot of stuff there for John Wick fans. Like, if you're a fan of the movies, I think you will find cool things in the show. But I don't know that they're going to keep going down this road and doing things like this. Because, number one, I don't think it was very successful as a as a property. I'm not sure. It didn't get a lot of good feedback. Uh, it had excellent action. So, same kind of action you would expect from a John Wick universe type of thing. So, a lot of... Hand to hand, a lot of uh, gun uh in the vein of John Wick movies. Um, Mel Gibson was the like crime boss that led the Continental before Winston Scott. And Mel Gibson can be legitimately creepy, right? In, in In movies, if he needs to be creepy, he can be like intimidating and scary. And there were moments where he was like that in the show. But then there were moments where his, he was just like, dropping these absolutely unfunny puns and goofy dialogue that I was like wait a minute where is this how how did you just do x and then you followed it up with this like how did that is very uneven this is the guy from braveheart thank you yeah exactly
1: do um, you mean
0: braveheart i don't know what that reference is
1: it's not the guy from braveheart he is braveheart
0: oh he is braveheart yeah No, but he wasn't William Wallace. He was an actual person. Is that Braveheart? William Wallace, or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of Lord of the Rings. No, 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 (laughs) Chronicles of Narnia. I think you meant Chronicles of
2: Narnia. That's Orlando Bloom. No, we're talking
1: about the Fantastic
2: Mr. Fox. No, that's J.R.R. Tolkien.
0: We just had a birthday on January 3rd, so happy birthday, Mr. Tolkien. Uh, yeah, so the Connelly was fine. One thing that they were um, – I'm not sure it's going to make anybody John Wick fans. That's that's the thing. And the other thing that I'll ma- mention is the music was really good. They had a lot of really good music, but they tried so hard. I think they tried to, to fit every single song ever created in the 70s in a three-episode miniseries. Which was only about four hours long, total, maybe a little bit less, because it seemed like every three minutes they were playing a new song. and I was just like, I don't John Wick uses music really, really well in the movies, I think. This one was trying to be like that, and I think they it was a swing and a miss. So um overall, it was, it was decent it was entertaining. But I'm not sure there we're going to see many uh, follow-ups on the Continental. The other thing I wanted to mention before we move on, because I haven't had a chance to talk a lot about K-drama lately. But I watched a new K-drama. Mom and I did. It was called Castaway Diva. It was amazing. It was excellent. It's, <laughs> it's, yes. Why are you laughing? It's, it's so good. And I, I feel like maybe some people think I'm being sarcastic when I talk about K-drama and how much I love it. I really am not. I genuinely love these shows. Um, what you're gonna say? I know you got something to say, Luke. Oh, I have a lot I want to say. <laughs> okay, Castaway Diva is currently number two, tied for number two on my list. I've only watched three, um, but the, uh, King of the Land is still the best. Love King of the Land, uh, Castaway Diva, and um, Hometown Cha 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 tied for second. The stories that they tell on these shows are so amazing. Anyway, Castaway Diva was about a a 15-year-old girl who was going to become a a pop superstar, but she got lost on a deserted island. And then they found her and just drama, absolute drama ensues. I'm not going to ruin anything because if you want to spend like 15 hours watching a great show, watch Castaway Diva because it was 12 episodes and all of them are at least an hour long. I will tell you right now that every complaint anybody ever has about like Star Wars Disney plus shows being too short or Marvel Disney plus shows being too short, whatever, you can never complain about short K-drama episodes because every single one of them are like an hour long and it's not even close. It's incredible. Absolutely loved it. And they, they played a song called Dream Us. I'm going to learn to sing it in Korean. I promise you I'm going to. I love that song. Google it on your YouTube or yours or your Spotify dream us Castaway Diva. You can't go wrong. So thank you. That's what I watched continental and
2: Castaway Diva. Go ahead. Roast me ready. I've been waiting for this bit to be over and I've honestly respected your dedication to the bit. I've had some long running bits, but that if this is a bit, it's impressive. This is the not a bit. This is it absolutely genuine. I love these shows. You see, I know it's not a bit because I was sitting on the couch doing some homework. And I hear you getting very animated watching the show. I mean, (laughs) like I, I really I get fired up when I watch sports, right? And I haven't watched a sporting event that has made me make noises that you make when you watch K drama. (laughs) And so I'm only laughing
0: this hard because this is so true, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I actually think what you're referencing—you were building a Lego, and Blanca was over. By the way, you're right. By the way, you mentioned Caleb. You mentioned Brittany, and I just mentioned Blanca. Uh, these are, these are the, um, the unseen members of the Colby cast. This is the, these are the girlfriends of the boys right here. So Blanca and Brittany, so Blanca was over and you, and you, and you were building a Lego for whatever reason. And there was a very dramatic part For whatever
2: reason. It was a mace Windu <laughs> clone trooper set.
0: It was fantastic. It really was cool it was, had wheels and everything and like
2: shootable missile cannons whatever reason. Continue with your K-Drama.
1: Luke, do you still cut the crust off your sandwich?
2: I don't make my own sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to
0: ruin anything, just in case anybody actually wants to watch Castaway Diva, which I really would recommend that you do because it's excellent. And something very dramatic was about to happen, and I, like, I didn't yell, because I don't yell at TV. But I did very, very strongly, very strongly declare That the character that just walked in the room, closed the door, needed to murder the other character that was in that room. (laughs) And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized, oh, my God, Blanca's here. She thinks (laughs) I want someone to murder somebody. But Blanca knows that I'm a little bit off anyway. So, Blanca, thanks for listening to the Colby cast because I know you have a couple times. Brittany, too. So, good job. I also
1: know that it's not a bit because I've heard you gasp in a way that I thought, like you were going to have a stroke or mom was having a stroke or the ceiling was caving in for, I don't know. The
2: ceiling what. was having a stroke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just sort of looked at you and I didn't want to say anything because I don't like jumping or like stepping on other people's emotions when they're watching something. So I was just going to say nothing, say nothing, say nothing. And then you looked at me and just went, what? And I was like, <laughs> nothing nothing at all and you go no say it say it i was like no 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 i'm good i'm good i'm good and then you you normally will continue to like pry and this time you're like nope you didn't want to tell me i'm just gonna keep watching my amazing show and you went right back to it
0: your loss it was your loss you had your chance (laughs) i gave you an opportunity
1: the other reason i know it's not a bit is because you and mom not gambling people bet each other about a certain (laughs) character and I was there to witness it. And I didn't witness the bet finish, but I, I definitely saw the wager be placed. That's for sure.
0: I lost the bet and I was heartbroken. <laughs> I lost the bet.
1: This is I wasn't you heartbroken.
0: Was, yeah, exactly. You can't lose if you don't gamble. <laughs> uh, But yeah. So I really didn't expect this K-drama conversation to go this route. So Everybody now knows, like, this is real. I love these shows.
1: I'm at least grateful that this one that you guys have watched, you guys have watched either dubbed in English with English (laughs) subtitles or watched in Korean with English subtitles. Because when you guys started this, you guys started with Spanish (laughs) dubbed shows, a a, a K-drama dubbed in Spanish, With English subtitles, and I felt like my brains were turning into mashed potatoes.
0: (laughs) If we can't find them with English audio, we put on Spanish audio, and then we put the English subtitles. So, yeah, there is a lot going on.
1: Because if I'm watching a show or just in general, I'll tend to, like, read lips as I'm just digesting dialogue or just in a conversation. But it never matched i couldn't no, they, read the words no. and hear the same audio it was it was it was a trip that's how I like every
0: it. five minutes i'd look at mom and say hey, that's not what they said yeah. that's not what they said <laughs> <laughs> that's not what they said <laughs> okay enough about my K drama uh, infatuation thank you guys very much um i do have one question that i want to ask you guys just real quick sort of off the cuff before we get to percy jackson because uh spoiler alert loving percy jackson um uh, and I do want to talk to you guys about Percy Jackson. But before we get to that, is there anything that uh, 2023, I'm sorry, 2024, we're, we're on a new year. Happy new year. Uh, 2024, is there anything that you guys are looking forward to, um, like more than other things, like coming up?
2: I got two things, and they're sort okay. of connected. Okay. One is uh, the lack of Marvel content. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited. I understand. For... I
0: understand what you're saying. I, I totally understand
2: what you're saying. Yeah, I'm excited for the oversaturation to be over,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm very excited for the only Marvel movie coming out this year, Deadpool Three. Stoked.
0: Yeah, me
2: too. I
0: I, I agree with you too because I think it's it's sort of maybe a blessing in disguise that we're not going to get so much Marvel because I do think that it, it they need to take. A step back, and I don't, don't. I don't know that I'm. I always thought that, but I do now, and I think it's going to be good. Um, although the day that this episode drops will be the day that all five episodes of Echo drops, and I'm actually that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. I want to see Echo. I'm excited about seeing Echo. Uh, so, and I plan on uh, talking about that, um, and also retroactively, what if. Uh, what If is something that we definitely want to discuss uh, this The second se- season of What If So we will definitely be doing that And getting that out to everybody here in the next few weeks um, But I also am excited about Deadpool 3 So those, those are the things that I'll bring up Caleb, what about you?
1: I honestly have been in my Futurama vibe Haven't been paying attention to anything coming out Anything coming to streaming other than percy jackson um so i don't even like off the top of my head really think of anything this year that i am excited for i'm just gonna piggyback off of luke's i'm glad that there's not just gonna be a million more things for people to just dog on because it's not up to their expectations or diluted or whatever you want to call it just because everybody has their own opinions and i know we have our own um But it'd be good. Hopefully this pause is sort of like, it's not even a pause. It's like a almost force hold because bad publicity, bad publicity isn't good publicity anymore. And like, I don't know. I'm hoping they'll use the break as a a good little rejuvenation, whether it's the audience or whatever it is and figure out what story they're trying to tell instead of just putting out project after project.
0: I'll give you one that I know you're going to be interested in. I just figure you probably have slipped your mind because of the reasons you gave, but also because it got delayed. It should have already been in theaters, but Dune 2 is coming out in March. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, Dune I, 2. I'm excited for that. I'm also interested in uh, the John Wick spinoff movie called Ballerina, which will be coming out in June. And that takes place before John Wick 4. So it's between three and four. Uh, so who knows what uh, what that's got in store for us. Um, uh, and then also the last thing I will mention is Gambino has a has a series coming out on Amazon. And uh, for those of you who don't know Gambino is, it's Donald Glover. He is going to be in a remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was a Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie about two spies that were married. But they're taking it in a different a different direction and I think it's like an 8 series an 8 episode series and um I saw a, like a featurette or a trailer for it and I thought it looked really good so I'm interested in that very interested in that so
2: yeah. everything he touches turns to gold so
0: I'm all in He's um, just so super talented
1: I'm all for it too uh but to go back to to Dune 2 not to flex on our uh freezing um listeners but I was at the beach yesterday and it was very, very windy. And because of the tide, the sands in different places looked dune esque. Mm. Um, and because it was windy, it was having the sand be kicked up and, like, sort of, it sort of looked like it was floating over the the dunes. And <clears throat> Brittany, uh, a friend, and myself all looked at each other and, almost like in unison, were like, this is like super dune esque. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, no way. It's just the same way
0: <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Uh all right, cool. So, let's talk about Percy Jackson because we have four episodes so far that we've that we've all watched. Um it's halfway through the series and uh I'm looking forward to seeing I'm just looking forward to seeing every new new episode because I'm really enjoying the series. Uh but before we talk about the series itself, we do have a little bit of Percy Jackson history uh and I just wanted to mention that because um Uh, I I just think it's sort of fun. It's a fun wrinkle for us and our experience of this show. Uh, When you were both, when both of you were young, you both read the Percy Jackson and the Olympians book series. And so did I. And it was, you know, it was all, it's always good to get you guys reading and getting young people reading, but I didn't know if it was appropriate, if it was good. So I sort of read ahead, like I would go get the book, I'd read it and, and say, oh, this is excellent. And then pass it along to you guys and you guys would read it and I was sort of like always one book ahead to the point where like we had to wait, I think, for like the the last one to come out because the other four at the time there was five. Now there's six. Did you guys know that he wrote another one in that series that came out last year? I had no idea. I I. did not. Yeah. So at the time it was five and we were waiting for that fifth book to come out, I remember, and then um, got to read it. And I know we all thoroughly enjoyed the book series. It's an excellent Excellent series. I love how he he would teach young people. Rich, Rick Reardon is a, uh, Richard Reardon is the is the person uh, is the author, uh, and I, I just always appreciated how he would almost teach Greek mythology, but in a modern sense. And you're getting, you know, uh, a look at these Greek characters and these stories in a very uh, creative way, very entertaining. I really enjoyed the characters and just everything about them and just sort of the tone is fun. So if you're watching the show and you haven't read the books, I would give them a hearty endorsement. And, and that means a lot. A hearty endorsement uh, to it, very much time well spent if you were to go back and read these books. So that's my experience with the books. And I really enjoyed the way that it connected us. And now we're watching it on a screen um the movies I, sh- I guess I should mention the movies uh they-, they don't mean too much to me I didn't really I-, I remember seeing the first one I don't remember much about it and I don't think I saw the second one um they just sort of they didn't work as much it didn't have the same tone they made the the characters a little bit older and therefore it changed some of the dynamics um so just not a huge fan of the bo- of the movies but um that's my my backstory with the books what what are your guys' thoughts on the books themselves, the movies, if you have any thoughts on those? And, uh, and then once we're through that, we'll, we'll talk about the show itself.
1: I remember loving the book so much. And like I know we've said the story before, but like for Star Wars, Luke and I would run around with whatever we could get our hands on, whether it was a hockey stick, whatever it was, and play lightsabers and run around parks and force each other and do whatever. I remember being like that with the Percy Jackson series and Percy's pen, but it's been such a long time since I've read the books that I can't remember if it was a click pen or a pull cap off pen, but I don't know why in this series I have such a problem with it being a pen cap. I just want it to be a click and be the sword ready. I don't know why that's such an issue for me.
0: It's interesting that you say that because uh, first of all, Riptide, what an awesome name for a weapon for absolutely, right? uh, but I agree with you. I also don't remember if it was a push or a or a cap pin, but I'm always worried that the cap is going to get lost. And that's <laughs> why I don't like cap pins, so yeah, their choice to make it a cap pin is an interesting one.
1: that used to be my favorite like I used to think of every single pen as Riptide, every single pen, and like not until recently have i stopped um but yeah I, I i remember us all sitting down like okay what part are you are in the book you would ask us and you did a good job of like not spoiling it for us but i don't know why i don't remember you reading the books i just for whatever reason remember you just knowing everything about the books and i just thought it was the craziest thing growing up so like you taking the time to read the books was cool. But even being able to talk about them with just not just Luke and I was, was even cooler.
0: It's the mist. It was the mist. I, it, yeah. was just, it was just like, uh, <laughs> no, but I was always desperately trying to hang on to my lead. I was always about two weeks ahead of either one of you. guys. <laughs> everything yeah. was fresh in my mind. Uh, well, what did you think about them Do you have? Go ahead.
1: That was until Luke and I really started to like chug along. And yeah. because you had work and we would just come home. I think we would read them like over the summers or whatever, or all yeah, it we all had was time.
0: That was a lot of, a lot of it was, you know, just keeping you guys reading and stuff through the summer and whatnot. What about the movies? Did you, do you have any opinions on those?
1: Um, I seem as you don't really have strong opinions, good or bad. I wasn't a like big fan of them. I think they were rather forgettable. I, we were talking about this the other day. I completely forgot that there was a second one at all. Um, and I remember certain things being like, okay, yeah, that's pretty book accurate in the first movie. Um, but like you said, they were just, they were a little old and there was, there's a lot of quirky stuff that they tried to do that I don't, I remember not working very well for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Luke? Where, where are you at with uh, with the Percy?
2: Um, love the books, honestly. I don't remember them as much. I remember, like, the big parts of it, but I don't really remember, like, when I read them or I remember enjoying them, but I don't really remember how I felt during certain parts or anything. Um, I remember the movie, the first movie, very vividly, and I remember liking it, but I don't know what year it came out, but I remember I was young, and I just thought it was cool because I had been reading the books, and now I got to see those characters in live action, so I remember enjoying it. I don't remember um, the second one at all, but I do remember liking the first one. It's
0: interesting that both of you have brought up like not, not necessarily remembering things from the book books, I should say, because number one, it's been a long time since we've read those books. It's I I mean, I think at least 10 years that we've all read these books. Uh, if, if not much more than that. Um, and so we'll just get into the show itself because this is an experience that I had watching the first episode. Uh, so I should say also, spoilers for Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the first four episodes on Disney+. Plus. Uh, from this point on, we're going to be talking about plot points and, and spoiling spoiling the episode, so beware. Um, I'll tell you right now that I was like, what just happened when the mother died? <laughs> I, I had no recollection whatsoever.
1: she's not dead
0: well that's the i know that's the whole point i didn't i didn't remember that the entire plot of the first book was him trying to get her out of hades and it wasn't until later i think it was even in yeah it was in the second episode where grover is going on his um you know his little uh quest with the tree people which i thought was super cool um, to ask them about the pot- the potential of her being alive and then coming back and talking to um, Chiron and, and Dionysus, saying, hey, you know, and then, then them not saying anything to it. So I had completely forgot. So when she turned into that mist or that little disintegration, I was like, oh, man, they're changing things because she's a massively important character throughout the whole book series. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first... Um, moment of being like, oh, I'm going to have to remember things as we go through this. And I have to tell you, it has been a lot of fun doing that for me through these four episodes is, um, you know, I don't sorry if I jump around a little bit, but when in the third episode, when they're walking through the forest and Annabeth says, or maybe it's Grover says, I smell hamburgers. And then they start walking and they yeah. see this cafe in the middle of the floor. I'm just like, oh, it's going to be Medusa. It's going <laughs> to be Medusa. And it's so it's like I'm sort of rediscovering things in the books as they're happening or just like before they are happening in the series. Uh, and that's been an aspect of it that I have uh, really enjoyed. And, and I've said a couple times already that I'm enjoying the show. And the first four episodes. What about you guys, though? Where do you come in? You're a little bit older now. This is more faithful to the books, so it is a it's more friendly, like kid friendly. The cast is young. The characters are pretty accurate to where they were in the, in the books. So now you guys, being in your twenties, where is it falling for you guys? How do you like it so far?
2: I'm a fan. I like it. Um, it hasn't knocked my socks off but i also don't think i'm necessarily the target audience um because like you said we're a little bit older now um but i thought it's been a lot of fun i think the casting has been great with one exception i'm not a fan of grover i don't know what it is interesting interesting he uh He kind of annoys me more than he did in the books. I thought in the books he was... Because he is sort of a mentor to Percy, and you can even see that in the show. But I remember him being much more of a protector. And even though he was fun and goofy, um, he was... uh, I remember him taking care of Percy, whereas in the... In the show, it seems a little bit more like he's a pushover, right? And that leads to a lot of, like, bickering and stuff like that, which I know is important because they're going to progress, and Annabeth is not the easiest character in the beginning of the books either. Um, sure. So that, that, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my only bone to pick with the show. I, I think that the animation has been great. Or not the animation, but the, the effects have been great. Um, I like that staying true to the books – pretty well and uh i i do think that being halfway done with the show already and not even being halfway to los angeles yet is uh is a little worrying but we'll see where they go with it
0: uh interesting lots of things and i'm actually furiously scribbling notes right now because i want to go back to a couple things that you said but on caleb i want you to chime in and let us know where you're at with the show so far
1: i'm luke said he is enjoying it i am enjoying it less than him i don't i think because it's tapping into a much younger version of me who absolutely could not get enough of these books and those being perfect the things that they're cutting out the things that they're emphasizing are a little off for me i think the I think it's a little... I think it's so... The other ones were a lot more mature. The, the two movies were more mature and skipped a lot of things to just make the movies pace okay. This, I feel like, is a lot more kiddy. I feel like because we're in our 20s and I didn't expect it to be mature. I didn't expect it to be everything I was looking for and more. But I feel like all three of the main characters right now I think Annabeth is my favorite character right now just because she seems true to the book almost to like a T versus Percy he seems a little more oblivious instead of strategic like he was in the books and then Grover like Luke said is very much like the the camp leader let's sit, let's sit around the fire and sing kumbayas instead of him being the protector, you know? And I'm hoping that he'll have a little bit of redemption because of uh, the... Um... Damn, I'm forgetting her name. She's a tree now. What's her name?
0: Oh, Thalia.
1: Thalia, oh, yeah, thank you. Couldn't remember her
0: name.
1: Um, Because of the history <laughs> they gave it that. What? <laughs> I
0: just, just remembered one of my favorite parts about Percy <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the tree, which... She's like, she, Annabeth is like, she died a hero's death. She's like, you died a tree's death. <laughs> so, something like that. It's like, so, he's yeah. like, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, want, I don't mean to step on the rest of your words. So, continue Have on been, with the thought.
1: The, the last things I'll say is, I'm trying to manage my, not necessarily disappointment, but like discontent with hmm. the show because I'm just constantly comparing it to what I used to think, what I used to read. And I hate, People who just need it to be exactly how they remember it because mm. everybody's going to remember it differently. Sure. Know? And because of that, I'm trying to manage it. With all of that said and the little bit of a rant out of the way, I think it's exceeding my expectations marginally, but not by a lot.
0: It's a fair estimation, and it's funny because as I was watching them, because we haven't been able to sit down and watch them together just because of schedules and whatnot. But after the first couple episodes, because they did drop the first two, a C.S. Lewis quote jumped into my head, and it's a it's actually from the foreword of uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because he wrote that for I think it's his goddaughter, and uh, he says in the foreword like I started writing this when you were young, but it takes a long time for books to be written. And now you're older than really what, what the story is appropriate for. And, but then he says, but someday you'll be old enough to start reading fairy tales again. And I love that idea because everyone goes through that arc, right? Like where you're a kid and you're into fairy tales and you're into kid appropriate stuff, and then you grow up and you mature and. It's if you mature beyond those things. If some, sometimes people grow out of Star Wars, it's okay. If you, sometimes you grow out of fairy tales, it's okay. Uh, maybe you grew out of Percy Jackson again, it's okay because at some point you're going to be old enough to read fairy tales again. Uh, so you're looking, both of you guys are looking at the show through different eyes. And I brought it up, I brought it up on purpose because you read these books through a certain set of eyes and now you're watching the show through a different set of eyes and first of all I just appreciate the fact that you guys are giving it the time of day so that we can all talk about it (laughs) and then sort of enjoy it together uh so I think that I'm encouraged by what you're saying Caleb because there's enough there to keep you coming back and enjoying it uh but it's also not hitting the ball out of the park with every episode which is fine it doesn't need to do that so um You both brought up Grover, and I thought that was interesting because I had sort of forgotten about that aspect of his character in the book where he was more of a protector. They've mentioned it in the show, but as you guys are talking, it's true. He doesn't seem very proficient at that. (laughs) Um, Another thing I thought was sort of funny is the first... This is another piece of, uh, another note that I wrote down based on what you said, Luke. You mentioned the effects, the special effects. I agree with you. I think that they've been really excellent, especially the Chimera in this last episode that just dropped and the St. Louis Arch. I thought that Chimera looked incredible, way better than if you Google Chimera and like the descriptions from Greek mythology, that thing looks super goofy. They made it look legit like scary in the show, and I thought they did a great job. I was a little worried, though, in the first episode when the Minotaur was being hidden by all the rain and darkness. Like, you couldn't really see. It looked like it would look good, it had underwear. That's awesome. But you couldn't really see it, and it was just like, oh, wait a minute. Are they not confident with their special effects, or what's going on here? Why, why are they hiding it in the dark, and the rain? Um, but then, and then in the second episode, it seems like they were trying their best not to show Grover's legs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they, they only have money for Chiron and his um, his whole horse body. They, they can't spend money on Grover's legs, so just shoot him from the waist up. But Medusa... <laughs> medusa i thought was incredible again i said like the chimera was incredible and then just the sort of like the off other kind of effects have been really good so my my worries were were appeased um another thing you mentioned was uh luke i think you mentioned that there it's a little bit of a concern that they're only halfway to the to la and there's only four episodes left but i sort of remember that in the book i i sort of felt like saint louis was the halfway point of the book and I'm assuming we're gonna get something to do with Las Vegas. I'm assuming we're gonna get an episode about LA and Hades. If Maybe. we
1: don't get Las Vegas, I'm gonna be very
0: mad. Don't worry, because they're hiding things in the credits. Oh, really? If you watch the credits, they're telling you the story through the credits, and oh, they understand. have a and they have a roulette table in the credits.
1: Um... I literally,
0: I literally watched it for that reason. Because gotcha. I got a little worried. I love the Las Vegas stuff in the books. And I w- I'm the same as you, Caleb. I want that in the, I want to see how they do that in in uh, in the TV show. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get something. Um, And then again, uh, like we've all admitted that our memories of this book is not, a- are not really great, but it ends in Olympus, right? Don't they go back to New York and they, they end in Olympus? I can't remember. Or does he just save the mom? I don't
2: remember. Um, No, I believe it ends in Olympus.
0: Right, because they go to the Empire State Building and they got to go up to the whatever floor and all that stuff, right?
2: Yeah, and when you put it that way, it does put my concerns a little bit to rest because, yeah, I mean, one episode to get from St. Louis to Vegas, give Vegas a whole episode, give LA and the Underworld a whole episode, it still gives you two episodes to play with at the end. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right.
0: One thing, and, then, and I'll go back to my reference in K-drama length episodes, um, I, I was hoping we would have, I hope we don't have another episode or two with the running time of the fourth episode, because although I thought it was an excellent episode where they were on the train and the whole discussion with the echidna, the mother of all monsters, and I love the fact that the chimera was seen by that family <laughs> in the train as a little puppy dog. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I do think that the episode was a little bit on the shorter side. So I'm hoping that we don't get uh, an episode or two more of that runtime. I'm hoping that they give us longer because the first couple episodes were really very satisfying in length and in story. So I'm sort of hoping we get more like on that end, Um, but we'll see either way. It's, it's been a blast Uh, before we wrap up though. I do want to get your thoughts on, on a few characters. I mentioned Medusa, a lot has been made about a bit of a change that they'd made to Medusa for the show over the book. And I, for me, it landed great. I loved how they tied in the whole drama with, um, Athena. Athena is Annabeth's mom, right? If I'm remembering correctly, it's Athena. Yes. Yeah. Athena. And then Poseidon. So in certain Greek mythologies and in certain interpretations, um, Medusa's origin story was that, yeah, she was uh, a devoted follower of Athena and she had sworn celibacy, but then Poseidon came and seduced her and in some interpretations even assaulted her. And then Medusa was punished by Athena uh, because of that. So when you look at it through that context, that's, um, that's, that's way deeper and way more interesting in my opinion than just a monster with snakes on her head that turns you to stone, right?
2: Yeah. And that was a big thing in the Medusa arc in the book too, that she was angry with Percy because he was a child of Poseidon.
0: I thought for the show, they did a good job of giving it a little bit more nuance and why, why was, why would she be upset? And she, and that actress, I don't have her name in front of me, but she killed it. Half of that, most of that episode, you couldn't see her face. Like all you could see was like from her nose down for obvious reasons. And I thought that that was an incredible, like a retelling of, um, like a modern Medusa kind of thing. So very good. Very good on that. Um, you guys have both mentioned, mentioned Annabeth and I have to tell you, Annabeth's my favorite. She was one of my favorites in the books through the whole series and, and it's being carried over in the show. I think she's doing a really, really incredible job. And, um, Terrible preparation on my part, but I'm sorry I don't have anybody's names in front of me, so I'm just going to be calling them they. <laughs> but uh, the actress is, that's um, that's playing Annabeth is doing a great job. She has sort of like this. Uh, for me, it's sort of like a, an easy leadership, like a natural leadership quality. Yeah. She's she's no there's no pushing her around. Whenever Percy gets to the the point where he is more of the Percy of the books where he's like a force to be reckoned with and salty and snarky and um, sarcastic. I'm going to love seeing these two playing off each other because Annabeth is going to be ready for every step of the way. Uh, And I'm just really enjoying her as a character. What do you guys think?
1: I'm really glad that they stuck to a strong-willed Athena-type character And didn't try and make her insecure or like any coming of age. Like she doesn't have any growing up to do. They've made it clear that when all of her, like her version of Percy entering uh, the camp, it all happened. She grew up. She didn't wait for anybody. And she doesn't need a handout, you know. And I'm glad that they stuck with that because like you, I think she's my favorite character right now but I fully uh, expect that to be a little bit closer of a, a competition by the end of the uh, the series, uh, no season.
0: Season, yeah. No doubt. Uh, confidence. that you, you made me think of that word. That That's what she's got. She's got confidence. And the, the street smarts that come with being raised with two other demigods outside of Camp Half-Blood up until the point where she got in. So what about you, Luke?
2: I do think that and Abeth is a great character so far. Um, but uh, Percy is my favorite. I love Percy right now. I think I like seeing him where he's at because I know where he's going and what he'll become. Um, but I think the casting for him was perfect. He he is the, uh, the perfect age, looks like the perfect body type. His sort of like... Uh, He kind of has doe eyes in some things where like he was like, oh yeah, we're going to do capture the flag and you're going to try to kill me. Okay. I guess. Um, And I like that, but it it always, it always gets me. It got me so bad in the book, got me really bad in the movie. And it's getting me again with Luke where I really like him as a character. And I know he's going to betray everybody. And I know he's gonna stab everyone in the back, but I just I can't help but like him. He's just such a cool character.
0: As soon as he yeah. came on the screen, as soon as he came on the screen, I remembered I I think I, I think I may have even like put it at the screen and said to no one else in the room, he does something. What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> I am like, remembering from the books, he does something important and I can't remember when it happens because there's five books in my memory and they're scrambled around like Eggs, <laughs> not sure you what happens, but I know he's important. Huh? Cre-
1: recreated the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, yeah, the viral, meme, yeah, like pointing meme,
0: yeah, absolutely right. Um, I, I'll just piggyback on your comments about Percy. I agree with you. Uh, he was the next one on the list, too. I was gonna save him till last so we could just talk a little bit about him, but I agree with everything you said. The casting is amazing, and if I can just uh plug another movie that, um, I don't even know if I've ever mentioned this one, but it's incredible. He played young Ryan Reynolds in the Adam project. And I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but if you haven't, you should see that movie. It's so good.
1: I'm not even kidding you. I like him more now because you connected those dots for me. I don't know why that did what it did, but yeah, he's so good in that. I watched the Adam project because of your recommendation and it is a very good movie. But he has a great, like, I don't know if it's a blooper or like a, like a, just a behind the scenes sort of thing. But he knows like the entire, like Deadpool monologue and he like recites it back to Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds was just like absolute, like flabbergasted that this little (laughs) kid knew all of those very vulgar and messed up words and he was speaking it in real life back to the guy who wrote that you know
0: um his performance in the adam project is why i'm so excited about what he's going to become as percy because like i said percy is snarky percy is sarcastic he's he's um he's a smart mouth right and and he may not be that in the in the tv series yet but he becomes that he will become that And I've seen a little bit of that already in the Adam project with this actor and he kills it so well. I mean, he is a young Ryan Reynolds and plus the the movie is just a good movie. It's a good story and and an an incredibly good ending. And there's a conversation between Ryan Reynolds and him and his young Ryan Reynolds self that sort of just can rip you up. If you let it emotionally, it's really, really, it's a really good movie. So uh, I I give it my recommendation, but I'm also excited. A little bit probably too excited, I think, because there ha- so far the show has been successful. It's been getting a lot of viewers. At least that's what's being reported. But I haven't seen anything yet about a season two being greenlit. And we know that there are five books out there and it looks like they're sticking pretty close for season one to be book one and so on and so forth if they're going to be future seasons. But I'm telling you right now, They need to greenlight season two and get this filmed ASAP because if you just Google an interview with either of these characters, especially Annabeth and Percy, they've already grown up a lot. Like they're already like 14 years old already. Percy's voice has already changed. We can't get into a Stranger Things issue here. We need. (laughs) Come on. We need.
1: Come on. (laughs) Honestly, you're right that they should like be proactive about it. But he grows up so fast in the books too that they can get away with it a little bit.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. They also track them through like what high school
1: in the books. I think so.
0: So um, I think they're currently in middle school. So they do have some time. Like so I just th- but if they delay it and they start to play games and and not get into this, it could become problematic. Again, I don't really care too much about this stuff because season five of Stranger Things just started filming right now and I could care less what they look like when they get to season five. It's, I can't wait to 30
2: years see old. <laughs> some,
0: some of them might be. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, there are, are there any final thoughts, anything that we didn't quite get to about Percy Jackson and the Olympians that you guys want to get to before we sign off?
1: No, no I'm looking forward to the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, so am I. So am I. Uh, We still have some really interesting stuff to tackle from the books that I'm remembering with every episode. So, um, all right, cool. Well, that's going to do it then for this episode of the Colby cast. We appreciate everybody listening and happy new year to you all. We hope everybody had a happy and healthy holiday. Uh, So for Caleb and for Luke, this is Colby reminding you to watch out for the monsters. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything, for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast unless otherwise indicated.
2: That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.